Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And what is going on, everybody? My name is Aaron Arroyan, and welcome back. To the AKN Sports Podcast on this Thursday, March 17, 2022. Happy St. Paddy's Day, everybody. And uh, man, has it been an interesting last 24 hours around the sports world. And more specifically, some good and some bad things for Boston sports, including a good win for the Celtics, tough loss for the Bruins and the Patriots, once again taking a major L in free agency. Uh, I do have another episode I'm going to be uploading today with a special guest of mine who is set to have a 1v1 with Ollie Wick tomorrow for the first time in six years. Had to get him on here for his take, and you know that episode will be up just when this one comes out. But before we get into the classic NFL free agency talk, let's go over what happened the last 24 hours. So I did talk about the Celtics game with my special guest uh, but I'm just kind of going to give my more of my thoughts of this game. So last night, the Celtics caught a 110-88 win over the Golden State Warriors in a matchup that I thought was going to be very difficult for the Celtics. Um, this turned out to be another one of the most underrated wins of the season. It, it turned out to be another one of their underrated wins because in this game, the Celtics only coughed up 32 points in the first half against one of the best scoring teams in the NBA. Now... To make things a little bit easier for the Celtics, Steph Curry did leave this game around the, you know, late, early second quarter mark uh, with that injury that he suffered when Marcus Smart was going uh, going after the ball. Um, and he ended up leaving the game with three points. So, and, and obviously, with, 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 no, with, with, no, with all due respect, uh, when the Warriors lose one of the greatest scorers in the history of the, of the game and arguably the greatest point guard in the history of the game... Um, I think we've seen in the past when the Warriors don't have Steph, uh, they're a terrible franchise. And, you know, it, it goes back to the 2019-2020 season when, when Steph broke his wrist and the Warriors played a good majority of their season without Steph and ended up being one of the worst teams in the league and went on to draft James Wiseman. So Steph left that game with just three points. Clay Thompson left the game with 18. So, you you know, you would have expected him, the other man from the Splash Bros, to uh, step it up. And he uh, he dropped 18, but he shot 8 for 24 from the field. And even worse to say, he shot 1 for 11 from 3. Jesus Christ. But uh, it, it, what, what, what totally shocked me in this game was that out of, all, out of everybody on the Warriors, Jordan Poole 
went off. Jordan Poole dropped 29, shot 10 for 20 from the field, and uh, 6 for 13 from 3. So, overall, it was a great defensive game for the Celtics. Coughing up 32 points against the Warriors was, was, just, another, was just another reason to prove that the Celtics are the best defensive team in the NBA. And it was more so just a great defensive game. And you had a great game from both Jalen Brown and Tatum. It was about time we saw both of them step it up and play well as a duo. Both dropped 26 points. You had 10 for Pritchard off the bench. However, there was one player that I don't think a lot of people are talking about that I think has been horrible lately. And that's Derek White. Now, I'll tell you what. Derek White is is really playing his best on the defensive side of the ball. But on the offensive side of the ball, this guy is putting up horrible numbers. This man ended the game with zero points. Zero points. He dropped zero points, 0 for 8 from the field, 0 for 5 from 3. So, give all the praise you want to Derek White. Great acquisition, if you want to call it it. On the defensive side, he does great things. He's a great interior defender. Draws fouls pretty well, but... Zero points. In the last few games, he's dropped under 10. So, if I want any hope for the Celtics, I've told you the bench is important. And, you know, Pritchard played a damn good game. 10 points, I'll give it to him. 10 points for Pritchard's not bad. Grant dropped 5. Three for Sam Hauser, three for Tice. <laughs> the bench pretty much did nothing in this game. I feel like the last few games for the Celtics, they have high, depended so highly on the defensive side of the ball from their starting five. More specifically, Robert Williams on the defensive side of the ball. And Tatum scoring and putting on a clinic as well as Jalen Brown. Also a 20-piece for Marcus Smart. And just an overall impressive game right there. So the Celtics, once again... 14 games above 500, 42 and 28 on the year now. Now the Celtics are sitting at the fourth seed. So because last night, um, the the Bulls lost to the Jazz. So the Celtics are now sitting at the fourth seed, and now only th- uh, th- uh, four games behind the first first seed. They're only four games behind the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. That is beyond impressive. That is beyond impressive. And the uh, Celtics have a, a relatively easy opponent tomorrow. Of the Sacramento Kings. 10 o'clock game again, which sucks. But in Sacramento, Kings are 21 games below 500. That should be a win right there. So good stuff from the Celtics last night. And hopefully they keep that up tomorrow. Uh, Bruins lost a tough one last night. 4-2 to to the Minnesota Wild. And, and I said before that game that this was going to be a tough one. The Wild are a very, 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 very underrated team. Great goaltending. I mean, you got to hand it to Cam Talbot. They're a talented squad. I mean... You know, Victor Rask and, uh, you know, so many talented players in the wild. And, and they beat the Bruins earlier in the season in the Garden. Now, the Bruins made a little bit of a comeback in this game. Uh, they were down 2 nothing pretty early, and then they uh, tied it up at 2. Um, so it was Hartman that scored the first goal. Um, and then Greenway. Then Marshawn scored in the second to make it 2-1. to one, And then Craig Smith opened up the... Uh, sorry, no, I'm, I'm completely reading it wrong. Kaprizov scored the first two goals, who, who was just a freaking monster. Kaprizov is unreal. And I said that before, Karol Kaprizov is un- unbelievable. Uh, Karol Kaprizov dropped the first two goals to make it 2-0, and then Craig Smith hit one to make it 2-1 at the end of the first. Then Marchand opened up the second to make it 2-2, and then Greenway made it 3-2, and then the fourth goal was an open net. So once again, I mean, you know, good game for Cam Talbot. Defense side of the puck just did not go well in this game. And it's just another tough loss. And I really do feel like the inconsistency is there for the Bruins. You go on a little bit of a good stretch. You gain the confidence for beating some of these bad teams. And then you go on the road. 
you play a team that did beat you early on, and you lose. So, I mean, hey, Kaprizov was easily player of the game. I mean, even even Jordan Greenway was pretty solid. You had two assists for uh, Jared Spurgeon, but Kaprizov is unbelievable. <laughs> two goals for him last night. Um, so the Bruins, after that loss, fell to uh, 37-19-5, and they're going to be back at it tomorrow in Winnipeg, uh, taking on the Jets, who are also not a very... Very good team either, uh, 28-23-10. So uh, both the Celtics and Bruins are going to be back at it tomorrow. We'll get more in-depth of their games for tomorrow. So I will say a lot happened um, around the NFL today. And obviously I, I want to go over what the Patriots did, which they only really did one thing today. <laughs> one thing the Patriots did today. One depressing thing. So the Patriots made one signing here on day four of free agency. And the Patriots brought in running back slash wide receiver Ty Montgomery on a two-year deal worth $4 million. So Ty Montgomery, if, in case you don't know, um, was at one point one of the leading backs of the Green Bay Packers. And he is not someone that has been used very much lately. In fact, for the last couple of years, he has been on the verge of being a practice squad player. Like, he is so unused on almost every single team he's been on. So his best season of his career was back in 2016. This was the year Eddie Lacy got hurt, and Ty Montgomery was the next man up. It was Ty Montgomery and, and James Starks. And Ty Montgomery finished uh, the 2016 season with 77 rushes for 457 yards and three touchdowns. And on the receiving side of the ball, he had 44 catches. So I, I think, we, you know, overall, um, I'm not sure how the Patriots are going to use him in this case. He is actually listed as a wide receiver. So he started off his career as the full-time running back. Um, he played the first four seasons with the Packers. He got traded from the Packers to the to the Ravens in the second half of 2018. Then he played for the Jets in 2019. He was the backup or third string behind Le'Veon Bell. And he played the last two years with the New Orleans Saints um, and, and gained no role. He finished 2021 with 15 rushes for 44 yards. And 16 catches. Now, they're immediately showing his rushing stats because he just has nothing to show uh, on the uh, on the receiving side of the ball. So, to me, I feel like they're trying to use... They might use him as a Cordero Patterson. That That is kind of the role and the type of player Ty Montgomery is. Transition from a running back to wide receiver may not be as skilled as Cordero Patterson was, but could sure as hell get the job done. And people forget that Cordero Patterson played a season with the Patriots. 2018, the year they won the Super Bowl against the Rams. Cordero Patterson was on that team, and they used him very, very well. In fact, he was that, that might have been the first or second time he was featured as a back. So Ty Montgomery could very well be in that situation. Very similar to Terrence Mitchell. I don't think Ty Montgomery has any sort of um, reason to make the full-time roster come week one. But he's a guy that's been used around in different ways, running back, wide receiver. And I really look back at how he performed with the Green Bay Packers when he stepped up as the number one back in 2016. But once again, it's a very mediocre signing. It's just like, ugh. Are you really going to use Ty Montgomery that much? Right? You're in the market for a top-tier receiver. You got guys out there. I could tell you right now, I mean, listen, you're more than a Jarvis Landry or a... Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. away for being a pretty top-tier offense in the league. Sure as hell is, you know, and they're going to want money. So anyway, Ty Montgomery, 
is a uh, New England Patriot on a two-year, $4 million deal. So that's all the Patriots did today. That is all that they did today. So I guess we can go over what has happened over the last 24, 48 hours, 24 hours, I guess. So the first thing that happened was that the, uh, I don't know if I went over this yesterday, but the Miami Dolphins signed Raheem Mostert. So a lot of people forgot about Raheem Mostert, who was a big part of the 49ers' success in 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl. Terrific running back, has a lot of speed around the edge. But I think the big thing that has killed Raheem Mostert is his injuries. Um, In 2020, he was on and off the field with different injuries. And in 2021, he barely played half a game uh, before I think he broke his leg or something like that. But he's a guy that I thought was was used as a very, very impressive feature back with the 49ers. And I just think the Niners knew, you know, we're not going to pay this guy. He's injury prone. Plus, they got a lot of good stuff from, uh, you know, you know Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, um, who was a fifth-round pick, stepped it up pretty big as a number one back in San Francisco. But my God, is Miami's backfield actually pretty solid? Raheem Mostert, um, yeah, Raheem Mostert. Chase Edmonds, both of which were just signed in free agency. And then you got Miles Gaskin. Miami just went from having a one of the worst backfields in the league to having a very, very, very good one. So Dolphins backfield looking pretty good. For the Niners, though, it's not that bad of a loss. You got Elijah Mitchell, you got Trey Sermon, you got Jermichael Hasty. You got good things. The Giants brought in a tight end. They got Ricky Seals Jones, who uh, you know, was pretty much Washington's number one tight end last year because Logan Thomas barely played. But the Giants took a major blow at tight end this offseason. They released Kyle Rudolph, the veteran, and then, they, and then Evan Ingram signed with the, with the Jags. So, hey, the Giants will continue to suck, and uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is going to be back to a number one tight end. Uh, one of the big things was definitely that the uh, the Bucks. so the Bucks already franchise-tagged Godwin, but they ended up just giving him uh, last night a three-year $60 million contract extension. So Godwin locked up for the next three years. Clearly shows his loyalty towards the Bucks, but I can guarantee you Tom Brady's not going to pay for the, play for the next three years. So, hey... You know, we'll see what Jason Light and Bruce Arians decide to do in 2022. Um, if that's to continue to breed Kyle Trask to be their future. But nonetheless, I love Chris Godwin. He's easily one of my favorite receivers in the league. And arguably a more dangerous and lethal weapon than Mike Evans in terms of Tom Brady's efficiency and his play style with the Bucks offense. So good stuff to see right there. The New York Jets signed former Texans outside linebacker Jacob Martin. Again, I- I'm loving, you know, what Robert Sala's done with guys on his defense, you know, you re-sign LaMarcus, uh, LaMarcus Joyner, you sign Jordan Whitehead, one of the starting safeties from the Tampa Bay Bucks, you know, and you bring in Jacob Martin, who's one of the best, you know, pass rushers in the Houston Texans. Uh, the Packers signed former Bears punter Pat O'Donnell. They've had some big punter problems the last few years, uh, but Pat O'Donnell was a long-time punter for the Chicago Bears, and the Packers, I think that's like the third or fourth time in the last couple months I've, I've clicked my theme song by accident. My bad, guys. Um... But yeah, Pat O'Donnell. Um, other than that, last night was pretty pretty bland. Washington, I think this is a great this is a great replacement for Brendan Sheriff. Uh, signed Andrew Norwell, who was a longtime guard for both the Panthers and the Jags. Um, pr- terrific replacement there for uh, for Brendan Sheriff. Maybe not as skilled. Um, let's see, uh, Steelers released Joe Schobert. I mean, hey, nothing's wrong with that after you signed Miles Jack the other day. Uh, another big news was the Buffalo Bills releasing wide receiver Cole Beasley. This was not anything surprising. Cole Beasley was was really kind of, you know, demanding a lot more from that Bills offense. And you know what? 
the, the Bills had a lot, right? When, when Beasley first came in 2019, right, he was easily one of the more lethal slot receivers that the Bills had. And then they ended up drafting Gabriel Davis, and then they signed Emmanuel Sanders. And, and Beasley's role just became so inconsistent. And I think every fantasy owner knows or knew, if you owned Cole Beasley in fantasy, how inconsistent he was. Uh, he had games where he was targeted 10, 11 times and had over 100 yards, and he had games where he was barely targeted two or three times. So his role in that Bills offense was crazy. It's not that big of a loss for the Bills. They got Emmanuel Sanders, I think. I think. I think they have him for next year. But they already have, you know, Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis locked up. So not a big loss for the Bills. He will get signed at some point. I would say pretty pretty soon because he's still a lethal slot receiver. Um, another big signing was that the Atlanta Falcons signed Casey Hayward. So the other day, uh, the Raiders traded for Rocky Sin, one of the top corners on the Colts. But Casey Hayward was a was a freaking stud last year for the Raiders because this guy played many years with the Chargers and the Chargers didn't want to pay him, so the Raiders signed him and he ended up having a Pro Bowl season. He made the Pro Bowl too. Um, so hey, him and AJ Terrell in that Falcon secondary—that's a damn good Falcon secondary. For the first time in a while, I can say the Falcons have a decent secondary with uh, A.J. Terrell and Casey Hayward. Uh, but for the Raiders, I mean, Trayvon Mullins, your number one corner, and then you rock Yassin. But uh, the Raiders made another humongous trade today that we'll get to soon. But uh, great signing for Atlanta. Two years, 11 million. Um, let's see what else. Just trying to scroll through all the signings. The other big one was that the Dallas Cowboys released Lael Collins. I talked about this on my other episode from today. The Cowboys have had an absolute disaster in free agency. You know, last year was definitely the year where they, they had a chance to do it all and you know, you trade away Amari Cooper, you cut Lael Collins, Randy Gregory walks away, Cedric Wilson walks away, you know, you play, you cut Blake Jarwin, now you cut your starting right tackle, uh, Lael Collins, who is statistically one of the best tackles in football, um, and he's actually visiting with the Bengals tomorrow, and if, if the Bengals can land him, oh my god, their offensive line is going to be stacked, because remember, they got Alex Coppa from the Bucks, they got Ted Karras from the Patriots, so... They can somehow land Lael Collins, but I don't know what... The Cowboys offensive lineman, hey, they still got, you know, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, but Jesus Christ, that Cowboys O-line has taken a big, big beating. Um, <laughs> uh, another withdrawal, and, and, I'm, and I'm a little bit surprised on why we're seeing this so much, is that uh, um, Zadarius Smith withdrew from his contract. So Zadarius Smith, who got cut by the Packers, and if you paid attention, I think it was yesterday, he signed with the Baltimore Ravens, and, you know, I kind of gave a little bit of praise for how good of a signing that was, and he withdrew, so he is not signing with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not sure what the hell happened there. It's happening a lot this offseason. It happened with J.D. McKissick, too. It happened with Randy Gregory, so this is the third or fourth time in this in this free agency that we've seen players withdraw from their deals. Uh, the Bengals finally landed a tight end. They, they signed Hayden Hurst, uh, a guy that I, I'm still waiting to see break out, because this guy was a first-round pick. In fact, the Ravens drafted him before Lamar Jackson in 2018, and he had a decent rookie season, but then Mark Andrews was just dominating, and then he signed with Atlanta last year. Or actually, he might have gotten traded to Atlanta last year. He was in Atlanta last year, for the last two years, excuse me. And again, Kyle Pitts totally dominated. So, uh, I mean, right now, if that's what they're going to roll with, he's probably better than Drew Sample. Probably. I mean, Drew Sample blows. So that's a big downgrade from their tight end position. I'll give him that. Uh, the Buffalo Bills just once again making their defensive line unbelievable. Landed Jordan Phillips. Remember, the other day they they, they signed, uh, you know, Von Miller to a big contract. Now they got Jordan Phillips, who is one of the top run stoppers from the Arizona Cardinals, um, who, who I think have downgraded a little bit this offseason. But the Buffalo Bills, man, that defense. Jordan Phillips, Von Miller, I mean, Star Lutalili, um, Ed Oliver, 
Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer. Oh my God. <laughs> that, that offensive line is crazy. But another big thing that came out today was that Baker Mayfield uh, demanded a tra- requested a trade out of Cleveland. So we heard all the rumors over the last couple of days. The Browns met with Deshaun Watson. And by the way, uh, Deshaun Watson declined their offer. So this is must be a, a nightmare for Browns fans because, I mean, I, I, okay, probably a lot of Browns fans want Baker out anyway. But the fact that the Browns were engaged with talks with Watson, that probably really pissed off Baker and, and made the feud with the management a little bit worse. But the fact that they were in talks with that and Watson just said, hell no, that's not happening, uh, is even worse. So... Baker requested a trade out of Cleveland. We saw the note the other day that he posted on his Twitter. We saw, we have seen the frustration he'd sensed. And by the way, I mean, you cannot blame management because management has done such a great job surrounding this guy. He has one of the best offensive lines in the league. They got him Odell Beckham Jr. in a big trade. Now they got him Amari Cooper. You know, they had a great tight end core. They have one of the best backfields. This is literally a a top-tier offense. And really, to me, the only guy that was holding them back was Baker Mayfield. And a lot of people kept cutting him slack for it. They kept saying, oh, you know, Jarvis Landry's washed. Oh, Odell is just washed. He was overrated. I mean, come on, dude. Really? Baker sucks. Baker sucks. Period. Baker Mayfield sucks. Overrated as hell. Now, I'm someone that is in full support of him going to going somewhere where he can prove himself. And if that's the Indianapolis Colts, if that's the Houston Texans, and I'm down for that. You know, if he goes to the Texans, I think his, his career is done. If he goes to the Colts, I think he has a very good chance of reviving it. Potentially make a Carson Wentz 2.0. But Baker Mayfield? Jesus. But um, in corresponding to that, the Browns basically said, "Uh, we're not trading you. He said, we're not trading you. They said, we're not trading you. So, um, I don't know what the hell's going on between management right there. I have no clue. Baker wants out. There's a feud between management. He's made it pretty clear that he doesn't want to play there anymore. And Cleveland's saying no. And I think Cleveland's having PTSD of, 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 of potentially failing on another quarterback. Because we all know one of the biggest, you know, mockeries of, uh, of sports has been the Cleveland Browns' inability to find a franchise quarterback, arguably since Otto Graham in the 1950s or whatever the hell that was. And Baker was their biggest promise in 2018. And you know what? He showed some great stuff in his rookie season. He really did. That story of him walking on the field against the Jets on Thursday night football and winning the Browns their first game in almost two years was an unbelievable story. And that's one of the reasons why he's still playing today is because of how he he brought himself into Cleveland and how he started out. But it just went downhill after that. His rookie season, he almost made the playoffs with that team. And then 2019, they got him Odell Beckham Jr. They ended up getting him Austin Hooper the year after. They built that defense. 2021 should have been an improvement year for the Browns, and they couldn't do it. They had a losing record, for God's sakes. Very, very sad. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyway, (laughs) we'll see how that goes. The other big news today was that the LA Rams, so the Rams, who I think have completely, um, not completely, but I think they've regressed significantly during the offseason, losing Andrew Whitworth, losing Darius Williams, their second corner, losing Sebastian Joseph Day, but somehow brought in Allen Robinson. The LA Rams signed Allen Robinson to a three-year deal. So Allen Robinson, who you know was a big story in 2021 just based off the fact that he had limited to no role with the Cleveland Browns off, excuse me, the Chicago Bears offense, practically just did not 
you know, fit in with, with Justin Fields' play style. And in fact, it was not even the top receiver on that Bears offense. It was Darnell Mooney. And it was disappointing because I loved Allen Robinson. This guy was a freaking stud with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And even in that, you know, his first two years with the Bears when he played with Trubisky, he was a star. This man made some great catches. He was a great, route, unbelievable route runner and was easily one of the most talented receivers in this, in this free agency run. And so you just got him teamed up with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. I mean, by the way, now to me, this signals that there's no way they're going to be able to sign Odell Beckham Jr., right? Odell's going to want probably more money. He got his Super Bowl ring. And I think this pretty much says that Odell's not going to play. Now, the thing about Odell is this, not only, um, you know, is he probably going to get unsigned? He's not going to start. He's not going to be able to play in September, right? He tore his ACL in February. He might not be able to play until maybe late September, October. So I truly believe this signing basically means we've replaced Odell Beckham Jr. with Allen Robinson. So you're looking at a Rams offense with Matthew Stafford, uh, Sony Michelle, uh, I'm sorry, Cam Akers, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, and Allen Robinson, and Tyler Higby. Not a big loss for the, I mean, I guess it is a big loss for the Bears, if you want to call it that, sure. You know, but I think they have the, the belief in Darnell Mooney. Fine. They haven't been in the market for any top-tier receiver, but my God, Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. And those are your three receivers guaranteed. Jesus. Wow. Um... The Giants also released free safety Logan Ryan, former Patriot. Loved him here with the Patriots, and then he left after the Atlanta Super Bowl. Went to, uh, went to I think it was Tennessee for a while. And then he then he went to the Giants, and then they actually moved him from corner to to free safety. And he was a decent free safety, but um, he was on a downside. And then the Bills, of course, I didn't get another talented pass rusher of Shaq Lawson. So I mean, again, just stacking up that defense, Shaq Lawson, man, alongside Vernon Butler, Starlutalay. I mean, I'm not even going to go over it again, but. And they brought him back, by the way. He, he did play for them at one point. Another big piece of news today was that the Philadelphia Eagles released Fletcher Cox. So now this is a, this should be incredibly breaking because the Eagles are technically they're trying to rework his deal. But when have you ever heard a team release a player to rework his deal, right? You couldn't reconstruct his contract. Uh, but he still has an opportunity to uh, look elsewhere. And this is still one of the best run-stopping D linemen in, in NFL history. I mean, Fletcher Cox has been a freaking stud for his entire career. And he was, uh, you know, almost got traded during the deadline. There were teams interested in him, but it never happened. And the Eagles put him up for trade, you know, you know, for the last couple of weeks. So nobody's really been wanting Fletcher Cox. Maybe, you know, the Eagles have been asking too much for him. So, you know, we'll see where he goes. But, uh, again, if he ends up walking away, uh, you know, Javon Hargrave had himself a good season. They got Hassan Reddick from the Panthers, so their pass rush will be okay. But, you know, we'll see what the uh, Eagles decide to do there. Um, another pretty good signing was that the Carolina Panthers signed Damian Wilson. This guy was, at one point, one of the top inside linebackers for Kansas City. I guess this is your replacement for Hassan Reddick. I don't know. Um, again, you know, the Jaguars linebacking core is getting a little bit weaker, if you want to say that. The Bengals re-signed Eli Apple, so all the, the criticism for Eli Apple for, you know, getting burned by Cooper Cup in the red zone, getting burned in the later portion of the playoffs, Bengals still like him. Bengals still have the belief in the former first-round pick, so uh, he's back for another year for $4 million. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons signed Damian Williams, again, the guy that went off in the Super Bowl against the Niners when he was in Kansas City, and then, you know, he, I mean, you know, he was pretty good. I thought he stepped it up well when Kareem Hunt went down as a number one back after that. 
And then last year he was in 2021. He was in, he opted out in 2020, then 2021 he went to Chicago and pretty much lost his role because Khalil Herbert had a good rookie season and David Montgomery played a good amount of games. But um, in Atlanta, you know, they, the Falcons have still have yet to re-sign uh, Cordero Patterson. So right now it's just him. It's, uh, it is um, Damien Williams and now Mike Davis, unless they re-sign Cordero Patterson. So, hey, not too bad right there. Um, the, the Brown, so the Bears, in corresponding to losing Allen Robinson, signed Equinemius St. Brown, who was like the number three, number four receiver with the Packers. <laughs> that Bears receiving core, man, it's... Darnell Mooney, Marquise Goodwin, and Equinemius St. Brown. And I think Goodwin's a free agent too, so Bears receiving core is really bad. Another I thought a pretty good signing was at the Baltimore Ravens side, Michael Pierce. He actually did originally play for the Ravens, but Michael Pierce was one of the top run-stopping nose tackles for the Vikings. But uh, him and Brandon Williams and Derek Wolf, it's a damn good D-line. So I guess this is your corresponding move to not getting to Darius Smith. Hey, it works out. Uh, the Raiders signed former Vikings and Panthers running back Amir Abdullah. He was honestly really good with the Vikings. I remember, um, you know, when uh, when um, Dalvin Cook got hurt and it was him and Latavius Murray. Amir Abdullah was a, was a monster. And then he was on the Panthers last year, like the last second of the season. Actually, no, he was a beast with the Lions. Excuse me. The Lions is when Amir Abdullah was honestly one of their top backs. And then DeAndre Swift took his spot. Then he went to the Vikings. Didn't do much there. And then he went to the Panthers like last minute of the season after McCaffrey got hurt. So Raiders running back room is kind of crowded though. You got Josh Jacobs, you got Kenyon Drake, they got Brandon Bolden the other day, and now they got Amir Abdullah. So one of those guys is getting cut. Um, But the biggest trade of the day that absolutely shocked me, absolutely shocked me, was the Green Bay Packers trading Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders. Who would have thought? An AFC West team, right? Because the AFC West isn't stacked enough. The Green Bay Packers trading arguably the best receiver in football to the Raiders. Now listen, the the Raiders as a team have been wide receiver hungry for a while. right? I mean, I love Hunter Renfro. He's a monster. He's He's a stud. I had him in fantasy last year. Hunter Renfro is great. But besides him, it was a mess. And I think I had said in the past, I think I said in the last few episodes, I said the Raiders, wide receiver. they haven't done much in the wide receiver market. Now, going back to Devontae Adams, right? He was not happy with his contract situation, right? Right after Aaron Rodgers signed that contract to come back to Green Bay, Adams got franchise tagged, but he didn't want to be franchise tagged. And then it was about a day or two later that Adams basically said, no, I'm not being franchise tagged. I want want a big contract. I want money. Packers didn't give it to him. Packers did not give him the money. So here we are on a Thursday evening, and the Packers send him to the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, wow. Just, just, just amazing. It, it really is incredible to me. Now, the Packers said that they were, they were actually willing to pay him. Um, any team could have signed Devontae Adams to an offer sheet and given up two first-round picks. So they gave up two first-rounders. Now, listen, this is the best receiver in football. This is not a top five. This is not a shaky. No, Devontae Adams has proven he is the best wide receiver in the National Football League. He is... An unbelievable route runner. He stays healthy. He has great hands. He is really everything you can ask for in a wide receiver. And he has proven it the last couple of years. But the first person I thought of from this trade was Aaron Rodgers. Because I I really did feel like one of the reasons why Aaron wanted to come back was that this guy was going to be there. Now the Packers receiving core is really bad because their number one receiver, as we speak, is Randall Cobb. And by the way, he's not even under contract. So it's him, 
Alan Lazard, and then Marquez Valdez-Scandling, who, by the way, is also unresigned. I mean, and listen, Aaron Rodgers was 100% aware that Adams was not going to play just because Rodgers was going to come back, right? I mean, there had to have been an impact there. You know, I mean, who are you going to, who would you rather have as your quarterback, Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr? But you, I mean, listen, Derek Carr's had some good receivers throughout his career. I mean, Amari Cooper was a stud. Michael Crabtree wasn't too bad. But Devontae Adams, whew. Raiders offense next season. You got Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards, Darren Waller, and then don't forget their defense with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. That's just the Raiders. Don't forget about the other, the rest of the AFC West. But for me, it's going to be very difficult for the Packers to have any sort of way to replace Adams. Um, but guess what? They just set themselves up for their future pretty well. Two first-round picks in just this upcoming draft. Two first-round picks. Because remember, the Raiders had a boatload of them. So this sets up the Packers pretty well for their future. But how does Aaron Rodgers feel about this? How does he feel about how this offense has been set up for this upcoming season? To bring back Aaron Rodgers to what could have been a part two of what he pulled last offseason, he just lost his franchise player. He just lost arguably the best receiver in football. Unbelievable. That's just that's just jaw-dropping. That the Packers did not... I mean, they were willing to give him the money. Just Adams didn't want it. Adams wanted elsewhere. And you know what? There was mutual interest between Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. There was always mutual interest there. So, you know, he always wanted to be there. He always wanted to play with Carr. That was, you know, they, I think they knew each other for a long time. So there was mutual interest. They both got drafted in 2014. They've both been in the league for a long time. Of time. So listen, I am very excited to watch... Monte Adams in a Raiders uniform. I just don't know how the hell the Packers are going to be able to fully replace that. I got no clue on how they're going to be able to replace that position. Randall Cobb. And by the way, those top three receivers I named, I think all three of them are unsigned right now. Aaron Rodgers, you might have made a big mistake. You might have made a gigantic mistake coming back to the Green Bay Packers. Good luck to them. But the Raiders, man, whoo, AFC West. I mean, God, they got, who did they get this offseason? The Chargers got Khalil Mack. The Chargers also got, they got J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, and Sebastian Joseph Day. The Broncos got Russell Wilson and Randy Gregory. The Chiefs got Justin Reed. Okay, fine, whatever. The Raiders got Chandler Jones and and Devontae Adams and Rocky Asin. Unreal. Unreal, man. Just incredible. So anyway, that's all. Also, uh, there were a couple other ones. The uh, Chiefs lost one of their receivers. Byron Pringle went to the Chicago Bears. So there you go. Another one. Replace Allen Robinson. You get Byron Pringle, who's not even that bad. He's pretty solid. And then Akekwanemius St. Brown. So anyway, that's all I got for today. Good win for the Celtics last night. Tough one for the Bruins. Patriots signing Ty Montgomery to their squad. And a huge trade of Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. I'm Aaron Royan. Peace out.